God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. That's his nature. Wow. Amen. The nature of my God is amazing. His nature is abundance. His nature is more than enough. That's his nature. His nature is exceedingly abundantly above what all I could ask, think, dream, or imagine. That's his nature. Hallelujah. He's not just a barely get by God. He's a God of more than enough. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 2022 is the year of the open hand of God. Amen. For supernatural, unusual, and extraordinary provision. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I just want to read just something from uh, that Dr. Savell gave us back in uh, January. And by the way, he will be ministering next Sunday. So looking forward to, looking forward to hearing what the Lord's placed on his heart uh, for us. Also, we have a, a family day next Sunday as well, uh, where immediately after service, we have, we'll have hot dogs and hamburgers and veggie burgers and... <laughs> All sorts of stuff. Uh, way we have bounce houses and all sorts of things. You're like veggie burgers. Yeah. You know, hey. Think Paul, what did Paul say? You know, be all things to all men that you might win some. So, you know, you have to. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. But he, let me get back to the anointing here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. Didn't Pastor Carla did an awesome job last week? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Talking about consecration and sanctification and awesome, awesome. And Annette and I, we want to thank you for our prayers. My mother-in-law is doing great. Surgery went well. Um, and she's continuing to, to recover and, and go through rehab and, and, and she'll be home shortly. So thank you for your prayers concerning my mother-in-law. And also Annette is here, but she's ministering to, um, our, uh, our, what, what age is she? Mean? Uh, the fifth through sixth graders this morning. So she's next door. So we should probably pray, pray for her too. <laughs> probably need to pray for her as well. So Hallelujah. So what did Dr. Savell tell us back in January? So I'm not going to read the, uh, everything that he said on that day, um, but it says this. 2022 will continue to be a challenging but much better than the previous two years. There will be strong opposition from two distinct forces, light and darkness. Satan will do all that he can to lull God's people into a spiritual slumber so that he can keep them from enjoying God's best. But on the other hand... God, at the same time, will be drawing them to spend more quality time with Him and His Word so they can remain strong and win every battle. And so that's what I've been, I've been dealing with in my times with you, um, you know, for the last, last couple, I think actually probably my fifth message in this, but being strong in spirit. Because it says in this year, there's going to be two distinct forces, light and darkness, And it tells us that God is drawing us closer to him, to his word. And it says, why? So we can remain strong and win every battle. You know, I want you to know, Annette and I, as your pastors, how much we love you. I'm going to like look at each face. (laughs) Megan, I look at you twice now. 
I see, I see. Still going to have the Frasers back with us. Amen. They're going to be they're going to be doing our first of sixth graders tonight for rec night. So, oh, I want you to know I love each one of you, whether you've been here for years or whether this is your first Sunday. Annette and I want you to know how much we love you, and 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 that's why that's why I preach the word because of, because of changing people's lives. Everything Jesus did was from this position of love. He was moved with compassion. Every time I sit down to study or pray, write an article, preach a message, first thing I do is, Lord, you love them more than I can love them. So, Lord, what's on your heart to communicate to them today? What can I deposit and I'm like, I'm so humbled that I get the opportunity to do this and, and that people would actually come to hear what I have to say. <laughs> what a humbling opportunity. I don't take it lightly. But it's because I love people. I love God. And so asking the Lord, what, what, what can I deposit in their hearts to make us and cause us to leave here stronger than when we came in? Every message that's ministered, that my desire that's ministered here, whether I'm ministering or not, would, would build on one thing on another thing. That it's not just, oh, well, that was, oh, that was a great message you preached 10 years ago. Well, I appreciate messages we can go back and listen to, but my thing, I believe God's always wanted to take us higher. And one thing building upon another thing, building upon another thing. So what can, Lord, you love them. What can I deposit in in our hearts today? Go to Ephesians chapter 6. I don't have time to go back and review a lot of other things ministered on concerning this. we'll, We'll share with you the first scripture that I talked in this was out of Proverbs 18 which says it's the strong spirit of a man that will sustain him in adversity. It's the strong spirit of a man. What word, when the word is deposited on the inside of you, it's to make you stronger. So when adversity comes, we have the ability to stand. This church, I mean, this is just an outreach of Jerry Seville Ministries church has been around since 2000, but we've been in ministry for 50, almost 54 years. And this whole time has been about making winners in life. But how do you make winners in life? It's you deposit the word that builds faith, that causes you to be able to stand against every attack of the enemy. So don't see yourself where you currently might be. See yourself as strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So let's read the scripture in Ephesians 6 and then we'll go forward with my assignment for today. We'll see how far we get. Verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Then he tells them to put on the whole armor of God and tells them to stand against all the wiles of the enemy, the attacks, the tricks, the traps, 
the principalities. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. My, my enemy isn't you. Our enemy isn't each other. The things that we've seen in our nation against uh, with racial things going on, that's the enemy at work trying to get people to wrestle one with another. Be strong, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And as I was praying over this, I, I, I can see this word be in so many different ways. Be, it's such a small, a small word, but yet it could, it can deal with so many things. I, when I see the word be, I'm seeing a command. I, I can hear the apostle Paul saying, saying, finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Kenny, be strong. Look at your neighbor and say, be strong. I, I, can, I can see the word be as an encouragement. Dave, you, you're going to make it. Dave, Dave, you got this. You got this. You know what? Hey, come on, be strong. I, I can see it as a, I can see it as a, 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 an encouragement. And I can also see it as a... Correction. Arnold, man, you've had, you've had great victories and I know you're going through something, but you know, remember you got to be strong. You got to be strong. It's, it's reminding that, that maybe, maybe you used to be strong, but, but you're not strong anymore. So, Hey, it's, it's a correction. It's a command. It's encouragement, but whatever it is, but be strong. Now, there's a fourth thing that, that I see with this word, and this is what my assignment is today, is be strong. I see it as identity. You know, I, I mean, I'm, how old am I? I have 49, something like that? 48, 49, yeah, we're the same, born the same year. He's, he's actually, he's an old man, but I'm just... But, uh, sorry, <laughs> just five days, five days between us is my, my, my African brother from Kenya. Rachel, I didn't forget about you either, Rachel. She on the cameras, but we're all born. There you are, Rachel. We're all born like in the same month. And, and so, I mean, all my life, <laughs> it's kind of like... <laughs> From color, all my life, <laughs> all my life, Harpo. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> Divorce, say, don't go there. <laughs> I love you, but I killed you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I've been short. I've been short. Just right there, short. I mean, as Jesus said this, you, you know, how can you add one cubit to your measure? I, I can't, I've tried. <laughs> but so my whole life I've been short. It's, it's uh, you know, if someone's lifting weights and, and you, you, you look at them and, and, and they, you know they've been lifting weights and all of a sudden they're, they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And next thing you know, you're like, wow, they're strong. They're strong. It's, it's all of a sudden, it's like, it's like, you know, he's big Justin and I'm little Justin. You know, you know, growing up, you know, there was always another Justin I went to school with and I was always the little one. I was like, I want to be the big one. 
I want to be the big one. It's overrated. It's overrated, yeah. I'm big on the inside, though. Hallelujah. No, I'm, I'm secure. I'm secure in my five foot sevenness. So, on a good day. And so, this be strong. I see this as a word of identity. We, we, we have so many, um, so many classifications. We have so many separations. We have so many divisions. We have so many labels within our society, within our world. Our society, even the church, is in the midst of an identity crisis. The whole world is in an identity crisis. There's so, so many people are trying to find their strength. So many people are trying to find who they are in the labels they've been given and the labels that they're trying to attach themselves to. Too often we desire to associate with world labels instead of Christ's liberty. Let me say that again. Too often we desire to associate with the world's labels instead of Christ's liberty. Paul says, be strong in the Lord. Meaning you're going to have to make a decision and you're going to have to take on a new identity because you've had this. Evidently, there must be this attitude that Paul's writing to this church and there must have been a sense of weakness that they were feeling or a weakness that they were walking in. And Paul tells them, but hey, you've got to be strong. And Paul's saying, be strong, what? In the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. We, we find our, our world around us is trying to find strength in so many different things. Thank you, Father. Let's go to sec, uh, Colossians chapter 2. Be strong in the Lord. Everything we have need of as a believer, we have been given. Thank you, Father. I want you to leave here today with gaining a new identity. Like I said, our world wants us to divide ourselves politically, vaccine, no vaccine, color, financial. So many identities. I mean, I mean, I took biology years ago and there was only two genders. Then it went from 33 to 58 to 68 to 72 to 100 different genders. Now they say it's unlimited. Oh, because, because people are trying to find themselves in something. They're trying to equate on how they feel with, with what's going on in the world, but yet really they're dead spiritually. And you'll never be able to find yourself outside uh, without God. You're not going to be able to find your true identity apart from God. So it's the same thing. If we're going to overcome the enemy, we need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. 
Now, I'm not going to be able to finish this today, and we'll pick up in a couple weeks, but let's look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 4. I've got quite a bit of scripture, but I believe the word is anointed. Hallelujah. Verse 4 says, Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. Now the enemy is always going to try to come with persuasive words. But what does he say? For though I'm absent in the flesh, yet I'm with you in the spirit. I'm rejoicing to see you, your good order in the steadfastness of your faith. Verse 6 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So what is Paul telling them? He's saying you need to be rooted, built up in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Established in the faith. Say established in the faith. When you're established in the faith, then you are established and given everything that you need to succeed. Faith is my method that causes me to overcome anything that I'm facing in the world. 1 John 5, 4. Verse 1 says, whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Verse 4, and whatsoever is born of God, that's me, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So he says here that you would be rooted in him, built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught. Meaning they've been taught something. And Paul's saying, don't let the enemy steal what you've been taught. He tells them in verse four, he said, don't be deceived with persuasive words, meaning don't let another gospel, don't let persuasive words come to take you for, take from you what you should be established in. I will not allow the enemy to steal my identity in Jesus. Now, but, but we have this society that we're in today where people place more weight on their natural identity than they do on their God identity. I see, I, I hear people more argue and talk about things of our natural divisions and our natural identities instead of arguing and standing for their identity in Christ. You should be more dogmatic about your identity in Christ than you are the color of your skin. I should be more dogmatic about about my identity in Christ than I am on somebody else's financial status. I, I need to be more in Christ and founded in my identity in Christ than I am on what political party I'm a part of. Although whatever party you're part of, make sure it is lining up with the word of God. Do you see what I'm saying? Because we're in all these divisions and all these things when, but my identity is, has to be rooted and established in Jesus Christ. Because if it's not, then I am not going to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So he says, you're established on those things that you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Verse eight says, beware lest anyone cheat you. Beware, be on guard. 
don't end. The, the, the original Hebrew here is, or the original Greek here means don't let someone steal and plunder your treasures. Meaning, meaning there was, there was an inheritance that you received when you made Jesus the Lord of your life. There was something that you had the ability to lay hold of in Christ. And here it says, beware lest anyone cheat you, plunder, take from you your inheritance. How, how would they cheat you? How would they take it from you? Through philosophy. It means just the love of wisdom. Well, I know, I know, it, 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 I know Jesus walked the earth at one time, and I know this, and I, and I know that, and I believe Jesus was a good man, and and all that. But I've heard all these other things, and I'm not sure it could be many ways to God. And and what's happening is is the the love or the love of wisdom or philosophy is stealing what you should be established in faith in. Then the next thing, next thing here, it says, uh, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. And it says, an empty deceit. And I looked this up in different ways and really the, the modern day par- paraphrase would be fake news. I mean, there's a lot of disinformation. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the word, and not according to Christ. Wow. Beware. Man, this is a warning. This is a warning. Beware. Beware. Don't let someone steal what you should be rooted in. And grounded and established in. If I, if I let someone steal this from me, then it's going to take away my strength. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men. It amazes to me how many people will exalt their opinion above the word of God. It amazes me on how many people and, and things out there where you have these ministers on YouTube that, that their whole identity as ministries is to, is to talk people out of what this minister is saying. Their whole identity as ministers is to put down other ministries. It, it makes no sense to me. It's divisions. Divisions between denominations, divisions between do you speak in tongues, do you not speak in tongues, and all these divisions and these labels that we place upon ourselves. But the bottom line is, is if we're not careful, all those divisions in our society will hold them higher, and as we hold them higher, then what happens is the, then we cheat ourselves out of what we have a right to. Telling you, the enemy's not getting my goods. The enemy is not getting my foundation. The enemy is not getting what strengthened me for the last 30 plus years. The enemy is a punk. All he wants, all he wants to do is bring division. So we're more focused on natural things than we are our position in Jesus.
teach you through philosophy, traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the word. And now listen, and not according to Christ. Then it says, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So you can, we, we, a lot of times if religion would stop there and say, you see, see in Christ, it's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Bless his holy name. But it says this, and you, and you, and you are complete in him. Who is the head of all principality and power. So in Ephesians, he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Goes on and says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. And here it says, don't cheat. Don't, don't let something beware lest someone cheat you to take away these things. What is he trying to take away from you? Your identity in Jesus? And what's your identity in Jesus? That I am complete in him. Everything I have need of is found in him. I'm not lacking anything. I, I'm not missing anything. I'm not a believer trying to get something. I'm a believer that has everything I need in Jesus. The blessing of God is on my life. The grace of God is available to me. The word of God is available to me. The Holy Ghost has been given. The Holy Spirit dwells big on the inside of me. I have the greater one living on the inside of me. There's nothing I'm missing. There's nothing I'm lacking. But the moment that I try to bring division in myself and trying to separate myself in the natural, what happens is I'm allowing the enemy to plunder what causes me to be strong. I'm complete in him. I'm complete in him and he's the head of all principality. The things that our society and our world is dealing with, things that we see yesterday in the news, these, this is the principality of darkness. It's a spirit of hate. It's a spirit of, uh, of division. It's a, it's a spirit of anger. It's the, it's the way that this God of this world operates. But if I focus on division, then what happens is I'm, I'm letting go of what causes me to be strong in the Lord. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Hallelujah. I think I was just about to run. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. See, the enemy wants to get you to live in fear. The enemy wants to get you to live out of your insecurities because of the way the world has labeled you. That, that, and and, and the, enemy, the enemy wins when your insecurities win. Philippians 3. Finally, my brethren, verse 1, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same thing to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Meaning, this is something that he wrote to them more than on one occasion. So I might say something more than one time just because we all needed it again. He said, it's not tedious to me. He said, but what, it's, your, it's, your, it, it's for your safety. It's your safeguard. It's your safeguard. That's the word safe there means safeguard. So what I'm sharing with you today is our safeguard. So what is this safeguard? He says, beware of dogs. 
Now, th- th- this is not talking about your chihuahua. This is, not, this is not talking about the pit bull next door. Beware of dogs. This is a metaphor. This is a metaphor, and this metaphor means, means people that have impure, uh, impure mind and impure motives. It's a meta, that's what this is. Beware of dogs. Beware of those that have improper mindset and improper motives. Then it says, beware of evil workers. Evil workers. Now, what does this word evil workers mean? It means someone that is not what they appear to be. Someone that does not appear, someone that is not what they appear to be. I mean, they appear to be one thing, but really that's not what they are. And then he says this, this is interesting. And the New King James says, beware of the mutilation. Okay. <laughs> beware of the mutilation? Well, to really understand this, you have to keep reading and we'll go back. But it says, beware of the mutilation. Then he says, for, so he's explaining it. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and we have no confidence in the flesh. So what is Paul saying about mutilation? He's talking about circumcision. And what does this mean in the writings? It means ones that are wanting to make you like them. So when he says beware of dogs, he's saying beware of people that have wrong motives. Beware of evil workers, he's saying, beware of those that are something different than what they are something different than what they appear to be. And number three is beware of those that are wanting to make people like you. What was going on here? They're saying they were having the the, the Jewish leaders were coming in and, and they were they started teaching again that everyone needed to be circumcised. See, all, all these different things, this circumcision, it's another division. It's another separation. It's like you're circumcised, I'm not circumcised. And Paul's saying, hey, hey, we're circumcised in the spirit. Meaning it's not about my flesh. It's not about what's happening on the outside. It's about what's going on in my heart. I'm not better. Paul's saying, I'm not better than the Gentile. And the Gentile is not better than me. So beware of people that are trying to make you like them. And we have a society today. And I'm telling you, and we need to be interceding over our young people because all of a sudden when it's cool to be bisexual and it's cool to try to determine and decide what you identify with, then what are we doing is we're really coming to a place where beware of mutilation. What are they trying to do? I'm trying to find where's my classification? Where's my, where, where do I fit in? What's going on? But the thing is, is if you try to do it in the flesh, the enemy is going to blind you from really what your true identity is. I mean, if you're for some of these things that are going on in our society, you really need to get with Jesus. Really need to get with Jesus. Because what it is, it's knocking out the strength of the church. Remember, pastor loves you. 
Thank you, Father. Beware, beware. Beware of those that are trying to make you like them. Man, the, the, the world even tries to fit believers and tries to fit people. Well, as long as you stay over there, you're okay. As long as you don't get involved with this or that, just, just stay there. We'll just, we'll just continue to call you crazy. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Verse 3, for we are, we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh, having no confidence in the flesh, that I also might have confidence, that I might, though also I might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks that he have confidence in the flesh, I more so. I mean, if you want to compare natural things and you want to compare labels, you want to compare identities, you want to compare credentials? Listen to this. I more so circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews concerning the law of Pharisee. So what is he He's talking about all these natural identities. Hebrew of the Hebrews, Pharisee of the Pharisees, counting the law. I'm blameless. These are all things of identity. It's all things. On, and if we're not careful, we'll, we'll even, we'll look at ourselves and we're like, well, at least I'm not like that person over there. And then we're classifying ourselves thinking that we're better than someone else based on how we see ourselves in the natural. A Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church Concerning, concerning the righteousness, which is of the law, blameless. But verse 7, but what things were gained to me? All these natural identities. These I've counted loss for Christ. Meaning I've let go of these natural identities. How people viewed me and applauded me. How people were in awe of who I was as a leader. He said, I consider it as loss. Yet indeed, yet indeed, I also count all things loss. Why? For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. For I've suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish. Was he saying, my identity in the natural is rubbish. My past, the successes, the failures, whatever it is, I count it as nothing. For what? that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Now get this, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him. What is he saying? He is saying, look, I let go of my past identity, my, all these natural divisions, I, tr- I, I consider it nothing, but I gain Christ, that I'd be found in him, not having my own righteousness, meaning my identity doesn't matter anymore. For my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Meaning, meaning my, my old identity doesn't matter. But Dolores, I got a new identity. 
I'm found in him, Dolores. And because I'm found in him, I'm righteous. And because I'm righteous, I can know him. I can know him, Pastor Phil. I'm righteous. See, this has, this has to become the identity that we live in. And when we, we come back together, next time I minister, I'll, I'll get into more about righteousness and then we'll talk about authority. But I, I still want to deal with this, this importance of our, our, our identity. Not viewing ourselves. Now, now think about this. In, without turning there, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it's, it's one, of, uh, one of my favorite scriptures. And I believe it starts around verse 14, goes all the way to the end of the chapter but it says that we no longer view ourselves after the flesh. But, but how much do we do that every time? I remember coming in church and, and, and years ago and, and trying to compare myself with other people and saying, and saying different things to myself, comparing, comparing. Oh, look at that suit. I wish I had a suit like that. Go in the park, man, why can't I have a car like that? And, and all these things that are going on and, 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 and looking at them on the outside is like, man, they're a, man, one day I, I want to be like a man of God like they are. And, I, and that's not meaning that we shouldn't be examples and we shouldn't live the, the right way in front of other people. I'm not saying that, but according to 2 Corinthians 5, it says that we no longer view each other after the flesh. But we do it all the time and we will exalt it above anything else sometimes. But as you keep reading in 2 Corinthians 5, it goes on and says, he, talking about Jesus, he who knew no sin, he didn't know sin, became sin. Now get a picture of this for a moment. If you can, if you can get a picture of this, he that didn't know sin. He didn't have the label sin because, or sinner because he wasn't a sinner. He had never sinned. But all of a sudden now he took on the label sinner. He, all of a sudden now he, he took on this. If I had a placard up here and it had sinner written on it and we could all see it. And now Jesus, I, it was in my hands, but all of a sudden now Jesus is taking that placard and he's holding this placard that says sinner. So he that didn't know sin all of a sudden now became sin. Now he's wearing the label sinner. But yet me, I'm the one that knew sin. But wait a minute, he didn't know sin, but he became sin so I could be what? Made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So see, see, so often we try to look at our natural things instead of looking at our lives from Christ's liberty. I am free in Christ Jesus. The moment I made Jesus the Lord of my life was the righteous I will ever be. I am righteous. I'm accepted. But how often does the enemy say, no, you're not. Because you think this. No, you're not. Because, because you have those unnatural thoughts. No, you're, this is the way you feel. This is the way you think about it. This is the way. No, no, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I had to get to a place where I, where I had to allow my personal righteousness or my, 
Thank you, Father. In the natural, you may not make every decision that could be considered righteous. But yet over 30 years, my actions started catching up with who I am. Does that make sense? But so often we keep seeing ourselves as an old identity instead of start knowing my identity and allowing my flesh to catch up with my new identity. So we try to perfect actions. We try to perfect behaviors instead of getting a new mindset and allow the new mindset to then change my behaviors. And even religious people will judge people's behaviors condemn their behaviors instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to convict them of their behaviors so they start becoming like who they really are. (laughs) Because this is what will make you strong. The enemy will make cowards out of men. The enemy will make us cowards if we live in a different identity than what Jesus called us to be. And I won't be able to be strong. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Jesus, thank you that we're growing up, that we're strong in the Lord. I'm strong in the Lord, not because of Justin in the natural. I'm strong in the Lord because I'm established in faith and I'm found in Christ. And because of that, I am righteous. Romans chapter 10. Man, for the sake of time, let's just look at um, verse 10. Because in this chapter, it talks about what does righteousness say and what does righteousness not say. Where's righteousness found? We know it's in the heart and the mouth. Verse 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Will not be put to shame. The enemy wants... If, if, if we constantly live by our natural identities, like the identity of I'm an addict and I'll always be an addict, then that thought process will cause you to live out of shame. Is that right? If, if, I, if I live based on trying to compare different races then somewhere or another, somewhere down the other, the enemy is going to make me feel ashamed because of how someone else is treating me. And in turn, then I'm going to want people to feel what I feel. And all the while, it's just the enemy trying to keep people in a cycle of shame. And they never step into a place of victory And that's why the enemy works even when it comes to gender identity and comes into different things because in the natural, 
in the natural, it's like, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily feel right and, and all that. And so there's this aspect of shame. So then I've got to find somebody that accepts my identity so then I can deal with the shame and I don't have to deal with what I, what I do when I lay my head down at night, because ultimately on the inside, there's a void. Are you with me? I didn't plan to say a lot of this. But what happens is the enemy wants to keep people in shame. And if they keep people in shame for past mistakes and past failures, they'll never be strong in the Lord and the power of his might because they'll be living from their identity of the past or their identity of shame instead of their identity of righteousness. Because it says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Now, listen, for there's no distinction between Jew or Greek. What, Jew or Greek, that's back to identities. That's classification. That's separation. So because of this, there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all who call upon him. Forever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's go to Galatians 3. I think I'm starting to wrap up here. Like I could read whole chapters here to really... Because the Apostle Paul wrote to the churches so the churches would be strong in the midst of a corrupt society. So everything Paul's speaking to is speaking to believers of a church so they know how to live in a demonic society. So I'm teaching us how do we live in a world that's gone crazy? For the sake of time, let's look at verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. That's, a, that's, a, that's another title. So you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. I want you to know not everyone is a son of God. Some people have this idea, well, everyone are sons and daughters of God, not according to this. You're only a son and daughter of God if you have faith in Christ Jesus. Now, everyone's been chosen to be a son of God, a daughter of God. But the thing is, that person has to choose. For all are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Yes. You know, when I made Jesus the Lord of my life in January 23rd of 1993, I put on Christ. I put, have you put on Christ? You're a son of God. That's your, that's your new identity. And don't exalt a natural identity above your identity in God. Because the church, there's no room for divisions any longer. Our identity has to be founded. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter your financial background. It doesn't matter where you came from. The bottom line is, if you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you're a son of God. You're a child of God. To exalt anything else would be to take a step down. For many as were baptized into Christ and put on Christ. Then he says this, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. 
There's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You know, I've heard the, I've heard the enemy use that scripture to talk about it's okay to transgender. They've used that scripture. There's neither male nor female. I even even had someone that I went to Bible school with talk about ministering to a trans person and use this scripture from Matthew chapter 16 where Jesus changed the name of of, uh, Simon to Peter and said, see, Jesus changed his to a new identity. So it's okay that you decided to change to a trans because Jesus... I was like, you're missing the point. You're missing the whole point. The thing is, is when Peter saw Jesus for who Jesus was, then Jesus could then show Peter who he really was. So more is about Peter having a revelation of Jesus, not Peter having a revelation about himself. And if you're Christ's, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. If I'm Abraham's seed, I'm heirs according to the promise. If we had time, we could go to Romans chapter 4. And it said that, that they called him, that his faith was made unto Abraham, his faith was made as righteousness. So I could say it this way. The same blessings that were on righteous Abraham are the same blessings that are on righteous Justin. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now let's uh, go to 1 John, and I'll close with these uh, three different verses. Thank you, Father. Say thank God for the Word. Mm. So this morning as you leave here, when I say be strong in the Lord, it's not just talking about you as a person being strong, but no, it's you gaining a new perspective of who you are in Jesus. Be strong in the Lord. And before I read these, now think about that. In Ephesians 6, he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He goes on and says, put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And he says, putting on your, the belt of truth. And we talked about that being the word of God, right? And then what does he say? And the breastplate of righteousness. So those weapons that we have to be strong in the Lord, one of those weapons that we have is a breastplate of righteousness. Maybe we'll talk about that next time. But let me close with these three quick scriptures. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Wow. You see, he's Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's Jesus Christ, the righteous, Kermit. Yeah, you're like, yeah, he's righteous. He was Jesus. Let's go to verse 28. And now, little children... Abide in him. Abide in who? Jesus Christ the righteous. Abide in him. Jesus Christ the righteous. That when he, 
Jesus Christ, the righteous, appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed. Wow. If I abide in Jesus Christ, the righteous. So to be strong in the Lord is for me to abide in Jesus Christ, the righteous, that when Jesus Christ, the righteous shows up, I'm going to have confidence and not be ashamed. See, you can't have confidence and then walk in shame and walk in shame at the same time. Be strong in the Lord is about having confidence that you will win over the enemy. To be strong in the Lord and the power of his might is to be strong and abiding in Jesus Christ, the righteous. And I'll have confidence. There's a lot of other verses we could read. Now, let me go to 1 John 4. He's Jesus Christ, the righteous. Let's look at verse 16. And we have known and believed that the Lord, I'm sorry, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. You know how much God loves you? And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness, that strength, boldness in the day of judgment. Now listen to this, because as he is, so are we in this world. Because as Jesus Christ, the righteous is, so are we in this world. He didn't say when we get to heaven. As Jesus Christ, the righteous is, so are we in this world. Just as much as Jesus walked in the strength of God when he walked the earth, and just as much as he walked in that relationship to the Father, just as much as he walked above sin, just as, as he walked in power and authority and exposed, exposed the works of the enemy, just as much as Jesus did that, as he is, so am I in this world. My identity is strong because as he is, so am I in this world. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Strong. Strong. You're strong. I just, strength, I just sense strength growing on the inside of you. Strength. Strength. You're never meant to live out of weakness. Never meant to live out of fear and condemnation. My identity is in him. Just close your, close your eyes, bow your head. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. That your word causes us to grow up into all things. Holy Spirit, I thank you for taking what was ministered today.
where the enemy would like to bring in condemnation or separation or fear. Holy Spirit, I thank you for taking this word and bringing hope, bringing new life, bring unity. Well, because we need each other. We need each other. And I refuse to allow the enemy to divide the body, to to divide us against each other. Because, Father, really, we are all one in you. I thank you that each one, whether here or watching by a way of internet, would know that they are righteous. If they made you Lord of their life, that they would be righteous. And if anyone's here that doesn't know you, doesn't have a sense of righteousness, that doesn't know that they have, and there's a new identity available for them. So if you're here today and you're like, Pastor Justin, I never heard anything like this. I didn't, don't know that. Never knew that I could be righteous. I thought it was righteousness was based on my works based on doing certain religious things. And Lord, and you may say, well, I'm just tired of just constantly living out of insecurity and fear and the torment of trying to measure up to all the different identities that are in the world. If that's you and you would like to make an an adjustment and step into a new identity today, I just want you to come forward. Come forward today. I'm going to have someone pray pray for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Strong in the Lord. Strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Strong. Oh, debeshetele Strong, strong, strong. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. So, Father, as all that here, Lord, I thank you that that means we are righteous. That means we've received our righteousness. That means we've possessed our righteousness. And I thank you, Father, that no matter what the enemy might do, no matter what the enemy might throw at us, I thank you that we are strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And we will not be moved off because it's out of that righteousness that we live. It's out of that righteousness we're made strong. Strong, strong, strong. Hallelujah. Just repeat this after me. Heavenly Father. I've received this word today. I am strong in the Lord. I'm a child of God. I am found in Christ. And I refuse to allow the enemy and the divisions of this world take away my position of strength and of righteousness. I'm winning in every area of my life. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a shout of praise. Thank you. Thank you.